start social media early and get as much content out there as possible. Because that, I mean, one of my largest customers uh, is a result of one of my one of my followers that was watching my videos and was doing some of the same things I was doing. He had a cousin who was actually in the marble business, but a lot of the people that do granite and marble countertops are Yeti dealers because of a relationship they had with the owners of Yeti. I think they were in that same industry. Hmm. So that, you know, it, you just don't know where your business will come from as long as you're making yourself available, whether that's social media, whether that's carrying your cup around with you at the football game that your kid's playing at, wherever you are, always be marketing. All right, we are live. Well, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Laser Source Podcast. And we have uh, Andy from Australia, and we have Chad from, I can't, where are you from, Chad? Uh, I'm from Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia. Um, so they're joining us here. Uh, this episode is all about, you know, what got you into this? Why would you do this? Why would you start a business in laser engraving, you know, and kind of get everybody's kind of stories of coming of age, if you will. Um, so we got Kyle, of course, joined us coming back home from the long weekend of recording. Yep. Um, I cannot wait to see that stuff. It's going to be a lot. I saw some of the stuff behind the scenes. It looks funny. I um, can't wait for uh, for everybody to get to uh, see it and enjoy it with us. So that's probably what you're going to be working on for the next couple of weeks, huh? Um, Alex is primarily going to be working on that. Um, I'm actually working on uh, Lightburn for Gantry Crash Course to oh, accompany the Lightburn for Galvo Crash Course that Alex worked so hard on so far. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be uh, continuing work on that. My CO2 laser is finally back up and running, so I'm, I'm a happy camper. The shelving unit um, is gone. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I got working on now. Awesome. I got, I got some some surprise deliveries coming. Perfect. <laughs> so more to share on that later. Awesome. Um, so we'll start with Andy. Um, Andy's over in Australia, guys. Just so you know, it's 11 a.m. tomorrow for him. Um, so thanks for joining us so early in the morning on a Wednesday, Andy. Not, not really early, is it? 11. It's nearly <laughs> lunchtime. <laughs> and so um, what got you into the whole fiber business to yourself? Well, I I started off, um, I guess I'm a technical background. I used to be telecommunications. I had my own business doing phones and really all that sort of stuff. Then um, as my dad got older, mum had already passed away. So I moved in with dad to look after him. And I started off mm. doing vinyl and sublimation to keep me occupied. Then I moved on and my first laser was a K40, um, which I did a lot of um, like the LED lights with the click. Mm. Um, then when dad passed on and I was sort of retiring, so I was not quite old enough to fully retire but they had me on the still had me on the pension and then i sort of just moved on so um had the k40 for three four years then i bought a slightly larger blue white chinese 450 watt mm. laser um which got me into light burn and then just this year at christmas i thought oh fiber looks good start engraving on metal and stuff like that so I bit the bullet and um, 
I actually bought a 30 watt um, easy marker, which is a, a cloud ray. No problems with it, but then I started watching laser everything and then realized I would have been better off getting the JPT instead of the Rakus. So after a little while of persevering, I then bought the Rakus source and upgraded the source in the machine. So um, I've now got the 30 watt JPT, which is good. And um, yeah, starting to do little bits and pieces in the local community, you know, Yeti mugs, um, cheaper versions of Yeti mugs, which I'd rather do because then I, when I stuff it up, I'm not blowing like $45 out the door. <laughs> well, so, not getting them to come after you either. Yeti's very Yeah, yeah and, I, and I did find like, I'd prefer to do black only because blacks are one pass. Um, the other colors, sometimes three passes, sometimes it just doesn't work. So um, yeah. I've since yeah. bought a 300 mil lens and I'm in the process of making a riser because uh, it's too expensive to get one shipped. Mm. Like to get one from China, like 200 AU dollars, and then it's nearly $300 to get it shipped. So Ooh. that's $500. That's just not worth it. And so, I imagine uh, you have to pay customs or something to import it in, right? Um, no, uh, import duties don't hit us until over $1,000. Oh, okay. Mm. So if it's under $1,000, it just slips in under the radar so they don't hit you with any duties. Um, but once you go over the $1,000, then you've got the duties and the GST and all that sort of stuff comes on. But it wasn't that wasn't a great deal. It's the shipping that kills us. Mm. You know? Well, someone in the, in the comments asked, what's the tower height needed for a 300-millimeter lens? Definitely more than 50. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. My plan is to raise mine 150, and I think that should be enough to do um, a, t a, a tumbler. I mean, I saw Alex do it on his 30 watt, but I don't think I don't think I'll get enough height. I when I wound mine up, I just don't think there's enough height to get it properly. So, yeah, it's just a little tight. The yeah. um, a lot of people will raise it up like about 100 to 150, and then. The other method is uh, people will swap from a 50 centimeter tower to an 80, and that gives yeah. you a, a full extra 300 millimeters. You yeah. Know? But, hmm. uh, As it, the 80 tower is just out of budget. It's just it's so uh, expensive. Yeah. You know? hmm. uh, the other option I had too, I, I was thinking, I was going to look at buying a new um, work plate because the easy marker, as you can see, it's all in one built thing. And then I could turn the actual tower around with the uh, the bed off the side of it. Mm. Ooh. So, little, little um, engineering. Yeah. But then when you move it, you might knock it, and then it's it's not all joined together. So I figured raising it's probably going to be the easiest method. Mm -hmm. So you do you said before you did mostly um, local business, no online yeah. like sales or not like that. No, no. As I said. I, being retired, I don't want to affect my pension or whatever. So I've got to keep my income to a, mm -hmm. a – I've got to balance it. You work all your life and you pay taxes and everything else. So the last thing I want to do now is keep working and then not reap the benefit of all those taxes I paid. <laughs> it's a weird system, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> they get you coming and going. Um, so, yeah, Chad, uh, so what got you started into this whole laser business? 
Well, let's see. Uh, I started off uh, by customizing Yetis before Yeti had anything powder coated. Um, nobody was really doing customizing. And I actually had come up with a, a method of taking uh, Cricut vinyl and doing the negative space and, and sandblasting it. Well, at one point, we came up with uh, the company name, Mancrafting. And unfortunately, I have, if you can see there, very, very tiny details in my logo. And I didn't, I didn't think about it from a design standpoint, how it would affect doing things like making hats or cups or anything else. I, I didn't have any knowledge of that sort of thing at the time. So I started trying to research how could I create a, because vinyl, you can't make those all small details uh, unless it's like 12 inches. So I started looking into lasers and initially I was looking at epilogue and they were on the low end 27,000 at the time. And I just couldn't figure out the return on investment. It just didn't seem to make sense at the time. So I ended up with a boss 1630, which I think was about 12 at the time mm. for, for everything out the door. And uh, I actually split it with my one of my good friends. We bought it together and we put it in my basement. And eventually, I bought him out, and they bought another fourteen by a uh, fourteen sixteen, uh, and sixty watt, which for doing cups was more than sufficient, uh, as you guys probably all know. Uh, but yeah, that was how that was my initiation into the laser world was trying to find a cheaper alternative to epilogue. Hmm. And uh, since that time, let's see, I've had an epilogue. I'm, I'm sorry, I've had a boss. I've had an Eon. Uh, I've got a bunch of the diode lasers that companies have sent me to try out. Um, and then my most recent purchase, the uh, JPT-50, mm -hmm. which, yeah, I, uh, matter of fact, I bought the JPT specifically because of Alex, his video on on uh, what to get. So, uh, But I'm actually probably selling that. <laughs> I just sold the Eon, and I'm probably selling that. I'm going to be uh, getting a 60-watt jpt uh from stealth laser who i'm working with now okay um so what is your main products you do now probably more than anything i do i still do a lot of cups um mm -hmm. that's the primary thing i've been doing some uh wind chimes uh you know the little medallion on the bottom of the wind chimes um seems to be a good market for that uh with uh People who've passed away, kind of morbid, but at the same time, there's a need there, I guess. Uh, so people mm -hmm. somehow have found out that I could do that. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think what else. Uh, some acrylic uh, signs, but not a lot because now that I got rid of the Eon, I don't have, I'd have to disassemble this. So uh, eventually when I replace that Eon with a, a stealth laser, then I'll be doing more flat stuff. So the stealth is a CO2? The the but I'm gonna get a uh, I'm gonna get a 60 watt fiber. Oh, okay. From Stealth, okay. and that I'll be doing a lot of like coins, brass coins, mm -hmm. uh, copper coins, and then with the CO2 I'll be doing flat. I'll I'll oh. get one with a little bit bigger bed on it so I can, ha ha you know, have more space. Obviously, 1630 is probably about the smallest I'd want to go if I was getting, if I was trying to do a lot of flat stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's wild because that's a uh, quite the investment. Um, 
we all know how not cheap this stuff is. And uh, yeah, it adds up. It adds mm -hmm. up. I'm kind of in a unique position. I'm semi-retired. I sold my business. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, I, I set it up in February, February of 2020, and then actually completed the sale in, in March. Uh, I was, I've kind of been building my social media slash making uh, business over the past five years. So, slowly but surely have replaced my other incomes right very cool that's wild man. if you if you had to start all over again what laser would you start with now if i had to start with another laser i probably because with the fiber you can do metals but you can also do cups mm -hmm. um, i probably would go with the fiber laser first mm -hmm. uh, and also it takes up less space so i could probably put five <laughs> fiber lasers in here instead of one or two CO2 lasers. So mm -hmm. that's what definitely you, something to consider. If you had yeah, to start over, what would you start with? I probably, I probably would start with a fiber, but I'm, I'm the sort of guy I love to tinker. So that's why a K40 wasn't an issue for me. Um, in fact, the Chinese laser I got, I don't, I don't know whether, I think they've got a US store, Vivor. There are just some sort of importer that resells. Well, I bought this through them because it was already in the country, so I didn't have any to worry about any duties. So, um, and it was only sixteen hundred bucks when mm. I got it. Nice. Um, but when it arrived, um, it cut perfect, but it wouldn't engrave. Mm. So, backwards and forwards talking, and they were trying to help me. The tube blew up, big arcing and sparks at the back in the tube. So they actually sent me a whole new machine. Didn't take the other one back, obviously. They just sent me a whole new machine. Wow. And it did exactly the same thing. It wouldn't engrave. And after being on about four or five different forums, and I found someone that had also the same problem was chasing the problem, someone got back to us. And it was the controller was wired wrong. It was a matter of moving two wires around and breaking a link and putting a link somewhere else. And that fixed the whole issue. So then I sold the other one. I, I, I fixed the wiring on it and sold the other one as with a dead tube. So basic my laser cost me nine hundred bucks. That's pretty <laughs> solid. Around. That's so, a great startup cost. Yeah. <laughs> you can't uh, beat that. No. But light burn is definitely um awesome to use. Um unfortunately I hadn't used EasyCAD that much, only getting the fiber in February. Um but I hadn't had a problem. Um and I don't use conventional programs because doing the vinyl cutting, I actually use my vinyl software. I take my images into there to create my vectors and then save them as a DXF file. So I don't have to use Illustrator and other programs like that. And I've never had an issue. Um, and probably having the K40, I used to use Corel. Uh, like Corel Laser was an add-on, which the K40 used to use. That was a, the drawing part of things I've never had an issue with because of the other backgrounds that I learned with. Mm -hmm. So you don't use Lightburn right now? I use Lightburn, yeah. On oh, okay. both. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I was glad to get rid of EasyCAD. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to the day when they get Lightburn for uh, uh, EasyCAD. Easy yeah, yeah that'd be 
Someone did comment um, about making the spacer for the tower and, and they've put there about some 440 or 660 extrusion. Um, what, I, what I've actually got is... Um, I haven't done anything with them yet, but that's um, 150 by 50 mil, 3 mil thick box section. Nice. So my bolt spacings for the tower are 100 mil apart, whereas most of them are 150. So all I've got to do is I'm going to fix these together and I'll be drilling the holes through. So then I'll bolt bolt that on the on the base station and then bolt the tower on the top. So that, that should keep it nice and square and stable. And that was like uh, 20 bucks. The guy cut me off those three off, and off cuts. So the difference to the $500 for a tower. Man, enormous difference. Well, and uh, Sean McPeak says got the fiber for over half, just a little over half price on auction. Nice. Yikes. That's that's thousands of dollars saved, of course. My goodness. And I'm like you, Chad. I uh, I didn't know Jack Diddley squat about anything, and I started researching, and I stumbled across uh, you know, laser everything, and buyer's guide and he recommended the different types and the entry prices and i was like well go big or go home i was like screw it i'm getting a 50 watt you know i'm just gonna learn it the hard way and uh, it's kind of the same thing with this community has been such a blessing for me personally um how long have you guys uh chad when's when did you start are you a lma member i am yeah okay and how long have you been a member of the lma uh community uh let's see probably three months four months three months Good deal. And you got any uh, value out of it? I yeah, I've been I've been you know clicking, reading stuff. I haven't added a lot yet because I don't feel like, especially on the fiber side, I have much to add. But mm -hmm. that's what I've been focusing on learning. And you know, I have a few people that have fiber lasers that have been helping me out as well. So yeah, it's it's a great community. Um, Andy, how long have you are you a member of the LMA? Yes, yeah, a member of the LMA. I I joined probably about January. I got okay. the fiber in in February and I watched a lot of the um, video, the YouTube clips, mm -hmm. and then I joined the LMA and um, it's been really good. Like guys have been helpful with problems I've had and issues. Um, Kyle and Alex, you know, um, I've had problems with, um, I was talking only the other week where I was having the problem with the rotary where it kept stopping on the zero thing. And it, it looks like it turned out to be using the US3 B3 port because I've just moved it to the USB 2 port and I haven't had the issue since. That That's very interesting. Well, that's the beauty yeah. of the community. Like everyone's had different experiences and if you just, everyone's, nothing's original, right? It might not be a USB 3. It might just be whatever chipsets on my computer that's got that's the issue. With yeah, I've, uh, I've gotten a lot out of this community. You guys have helped me figure out just all the basic stuff and uh, that's why it's, I think it's just worth uh, putting the, 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 the effort in to help anybody you can. Cause like Alex said, I think it was last week. He said, no matter where you're at, you can always help someone that's only one step behind you. Yeah. You just got that one extra step. You don't have to be far into, you have to be an expert, but you just gotta be one step ahead of the person asking a question. You can help them. Yeah. You know, and vice versa. Well, uh, I, had, I, that big. I actually do that. There's a, a guy, he's, he's over here in Australia too. He's from that. I video them and put them on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I'd also send them to CloudRay just to show them what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And um, that's worked for me too because when I bought a, a ring rotary, 
they sent me a whole heap of blanks with it because so I could do some more videos and mm -hmm. send them off. So that was good. Um, but he, he asked me questions about the laser I bought and my experience, and he ended up buying one from, from CloudRay, the same as mine. He's got a – he makes dog leashes and collars out of biothane, like a vegan material, and he does yeah. pets. So he wanted – he tried to get the stainless steel fixings engraved, and a guy gave him a price, and then they used Surmark spray, and it didn't do it properly, so – that was his leap in to get one so he can do all his own marking. Hmm. So. Uh, do you have a, like a YouTube channel? You upload stuff for yourself or you just have your own social media you run with your... Uh... No, I don't do a social media um, as such. I just load it up for myself so that if someone says, oh, what have you done or whatever, and then I can sort of just give them a link. But I mean, it's public. It's not... It's So anyone can find it if they're doing a yeah. search. Mm-hmm. But, what about so, you, uh, Chad? Do you have any kind of social medias you want to talk about or your channels or anything like that for your for your content? Yeah, I'm essentially mancrafting on everything. So mm -hmm. um, I don't do specifically or uh, exclusively laser stuff. I do I do have several laser-related videos, but um, I do welding, uh, plasma CNC, which uh, you can see that behind me. Um, mm -hmm. I've done some wood turning, powder coating, all mm -hmm. kinds of things. So just... Mancrafting, a little bit yeah, of everything. Just making stuff, right? Yeah, just yeah, just arts and crafts, and I'm a man, so therefore mancrafting. There you go. Man. Works. Especially when it's available on all the socials, it's nice that nobody else has thought of it, and you just <laughs> kind of take it. I mean, that's I've had that name since 2015, so it was pretty oh. early on. So yeah, you're the head of the curve, then you got a seven year head start on that bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let me see here. Oh, wait. Uh, there's a Facebook question here. I can't see who it is. It says, do you – oh, I think it says, do you know if the pin rotary is working yet with light burn? Um, uh, as of yet, I don't think they added any additional functionality to the rotary settings yet. Okay. Um, you could probably fiddle with the way it's set up and maybe get something to work, but it's not going to have the same functionality as EasyCAD yet. Okay. We got another question here from Joseph. He says, UV getting added to Lightburn soon. Um, as far as I know, they were working on it. Uh, Jason did say he had a UV coming. Um, as far as where it's at, I have no idea, to be honest. Yeah, yeah right. It's just a guess now. Um, and someone else was asking, when do we think the uh, Galvo stuff will be available? Or Gantry, I'm sorry, the Gantry uh, light burn course, crash course. Oh, the the Gantry crash course? Um, yeah. I, soon, TM. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, I, I'm going hard on it in the next couple weeks, and you'll start seeing episodes coming up on it. So Nice. I'm personally looking forward to that because I have a lot to learn. So I have a mirror nine, and I'm like, holy shit, that's a lot. So I, I took I focused so much on the fiber – so I said, okay, I'm gonna go in Easy Cat three and just learn it from there. Failed experiment. I could just, you know, it's just not good enough for what we need to do here. So I'm gonna keep fiddling with that and learning um, a light burn for the CO2 laser and just learn as we go. I've already bent one of the damn. Uh, <laughs> I already bent the damn uh, focus pin already once. So that was spares. Your machine yeah. came with spares. Yeah. 
but I just couldn't believe I did something so silly. I was like, fuck, I left that piece of wood in the way, you know, like, bam. Um, <laughs> I was like, shit. My girlfriend's like, what the hell was that? I was like, oh, nothing, you know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, they um, – but, yeah, I think that's going to be a huge, huge market to, to learn on there about light burn for anybody that's new to this stuff, you know, that'll see this is how you do it step by step, install the program just like the other one and um set the whole thing up get your get your um your your uh properties right and everything like that to set that thing up proper and know what all those little buttons do that's the thing you see all these things like who the hell's got time to sit around and and do the do this and see what it does it take you a whole freaking day to go through all the options of that thing or just go to the video yeah there's a lot going on yeah Actually, it's funny with with Lightburn. The biggest thing I found hard to adjust to straight off the bat was the hash, because having used EasyCAD, mm -hmm. where you get a blank object and then you fill the hatch and you sort of see what it's doing while you're doing it, Lightburn's just black. Yep. <laughs> and you think, and oh. you can't zoom in to see what it's doing. You have to go into the little layer yeah. set to get an idea. Yep. Um, and then the other thing, I, I, I mean, I never used the hash that sort of. Um, goes around like in a square yep. in the EasyCAD, but that's not there in Lightburn. There's a similar one, but it's not the same. Um, we've got a couple more questions in the uh, comments here. Um, Ruben says, what has been your guys' top sellers? Um, well, not really selling, but the most things people ask me for are to engrave the Yeti mugs. And the other thing that I've done a few of now, um, basically for wedding gifts for people, is actually slate coasters with Mr. and Mrs. and whatever on it. And what about you, Chad? Uh, definitely, definitely mugs uh, by 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 a long shot. Uh, like I said, I've done some wind chimes. I've done some cake toppers for like a wedding cake. Mm -hmm. um, but primarily, I mean, people know me since 2015 as the mug guy, so kind of hard to get away from that. But I am I am now that I have the the fiber, I am definitely expanding into coins challenge coins for a variety of different customers yeah there's there is endless capabilities you have co2 and a fiber because you can do inorganics and organics and it kind of just says okay the only thing left is really the uv and that's for like the plastics um but who the hell's got that kind of money not myself um <laughs> uh, but yeah it really is interesting because when you look at what they're capable of it's it's almost like um you're over overloaded like it's just overwhelming like oh i could do everything and it's then you got to figure okay what's what do i want to do like alex said before what do you want to do that's really hard to figure out if you don't know exactly what your plan is without a plan you're just going to go scattershot and you're not going to be great at anything you'll be good at some things and capable but not really a perfection like i'll compete people and say i can do it better than anybody else and i dare you to try you know and that's what I want to do is personally become a master at something. And then before I move on to expanding our products, because you don't want to be known for inconsistent products. Um, a good engraving, like a, like Andy was saying, black is black and it works. And say, well, you know, oh, yeah, I can try yellow. That's insane. You know, red and yellow, the blues are freaking hard as hell to get that, that last coat off, you know. But I think once you get it down, and that's the beauty of the, uh, of the community is the damn parameter settings and tweaking it and Ooh, that's been the the biggest value is the damn parameter library. 
Oh, yeah. No question. So what's your guys' opinion on this? So the, the title of the episode is Why Laser Owners Start Their Own Businesses, right? Do you think that's where a lot of people are? Or is it kind of like a mixed bag of um, people are looking for more individualized things or um, finding things that they want that other people aren't providing and they're getting into it themselves? Or I don't know. Do you guys have opinions on that? Um, I, from personal things, I think what it is is um, you do a mon- Monday to Friday or you've got a full-time job it brings in X money and not so much for my age, but with a younger, you need, if you want to buy a home, two people have to work. And then (laughs) when you raise a family, two people have to work and you've got to try and raise a family. So one option is what can I do at home so I can still look after the kids and base it. And once you start a home business, doesn't matter whether it's laser or anything else, it means that you can put the kids to bed, then you can work. You know, it's and I think, um, and especially not trying to, women tend to be more creative, artsy type than most male people. I mean, there's a lot of great men that are artsy. I mean, I'm, I'm quite an artsy sort of a person myself, but in general, you find the women seem to have that. It's a natural gift for them. So a lot of the time the male's out working, doing his stuff and she's at home and she's working on the artsy crafty stuff. And then you come home and you have to fix the machine and you have to (laughs) sort out all the problems. But I think it's a a base of economy. Plus if you want something a bit different as a gift, if you go to the store, you're buying the same gifts that everyone else is buying. So if you can, even if it's just by adding the name or a a motif or something like that on a product, then there's a market. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I said before, you just want to be the cool aunt or uncle, get your little diode and customize. Like for the grandkids love me. Well, seriously, like 300 bucks for 300 bucks, you can get a a nice entry level. uh, What was that one you recommended before Kyle? It was the, uh, Oh hell! We just did the re- you did, you was talking about it in the other live stream about the the one's like for three hundred bucks. Um, oh, the the atom stack. Atom stack, yes, the atom stack. You can get an atom stack, slap it on your kitchen table, and or your countertop in your kitchen, and bust out some customized uh, signs or something you want to do or whatever, like coasters, like you said before. And you can be the one who makes cool gifts, you know, type of thing. Um, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be a business, just be a hobby. You'd be something fun for you to do. Yeah. But I, I think Andy also, uh, I think there's some stigma behind, uh, men being, uh, showing their creativity. Uh, there's some social stigmas there where people are like, well, oh, that's not real work. You know, that's crap. You know, it's old <laughs> thinking of, uh, what is work quote unquote. Cause I think for, I, I, you know what, Chad, you go ahead and share your thoughts. I, I don't want to go on my own little weird way. Um, well, like you were saying, the diode laser is definitely a great starting point for somebody who's not going to be looking at doing volume. Uh, if you have any intention of actually making more than five a day, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to have to look at something more expensive. Um, for me, uh, you know, I'm one of those people who I've always felt in my head that I was creative, but my hands have never been able to produce that artistic. And I remember when I when I started using the Cricut vinyl cutter and 
I was sandblasting. Everybody just thought this is the most, you know, uh, artistic, creative thing ever. And I, I looked like an artist without mm -hmm. having the true hand-eye coordination. I mean, the great thing about digital fabrication is anybody can be an artist now, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like to, I mean, I'm creative in the sense that I can build businesses. And mm -hmm. I've done that. I've been a serial entrepreneur through my whole life. Uh, but when it came to actually... I could have a great idea, like a logo for my old business. I, I created it. I hand wrote it. Actually, the logo for this business, I, de I designed it by hand with, uh, you know, just a piece of paper and and uh, and a pencil. And I sent it to somebody who actually has those digital fabrication or digital uh, skills um, and could actually make what I was thinking in my head reality. And uh, I, I may not have that artistic uh, ability and I was aware of that very young in age when I had uh, one of my one of my best friends would be drawing you know like inch for inch the cover of a DC comic and now he's mm -hmm. a professional cartoonist for DC so you know it's like I, I saw what he could do and I knew I was not capable <laughs> I mean my mind would be more like a Picasso so uh, when I was finally capable of taking things that looked cool and turning them into something cool I mean, it just really stoked my my creative ego, so yeah, to man. speak. Anybody that that's in that situation knows exactly what I'm talking about. Well, and that's the thing. You don't have to be a Van Gogh to be artistic in this community. Um, exactly. There are so many techniques to create this thing. It's really the creative part is how do you apply these different disciplines on these different mm -hmm. um, materials these different applications and like you said putting a sticker on something sandblasting around it looks cool because that looks shiny or everything else looks rough it's contrast you're mm -hmm. just creating contrast with different different mediums i mean the, um, ol the only reason i ever did it to start with is i had bought a yeti after all my turvis cups got ruined in the dishwasher and all, everybody that worked for me said you're gonna lose that cup that expensive cup and they they made it so i spent you know 500 bucks buying a sandblaster, a cricket vinyl cutter, and uh, you know, doing the doing the doing the sandblasting thing. So now I had a you know five hundred forty dollar cup. So it only <laughs> so it only made sense to do it for other people at that point. Man, talk about yeah, supply and demand real quick. Exactly. And I think it's another thing too is where people don't know what they're missing till they see it. So you got to make it and, and mock it up for them, and they'll see it and be like, oh shit, I actually. I love it. Or I think I do that for my business, help promote my business. Or I can do this to start their, they could do it to start their own business. They could outsource to you and say, I'm going to make a, like I have a friend right now that makes, he's a, he's a, he's got his own wood shop. He's making smoker bases with the, with the, with the um, glass over for whiskey smoked. I drank mm -hmm. a great whiskey today for free. It was awesome. Right. Um, but he's going to make them. And he says, well, if I, if I make a hundred of these, you can do anything on there. I want. I was like, if it's, if it's on the right format, I can, you know, convert it and put it on there for you. No problem. You know, like little things like that. You don't even know these weird little opportunities that once people know you're capable of doing these things, it, it's going to present more opportunities. You won't even see coming. It might be your biggest boomer. Your biggest sh income could be something you have no idea that's coming. That's what I'm looking forward to. Like I'm looking forward to the idea of what's that thing that's going to take off that I have no control over. And I don't even have to see it coming. It's going to come to me if I just keep, grinding and keep 
making your name or or like Andy said, locally, everybody knows this is what Andy does. You want something done? Andy can knock it out. He's a tinkerer. He can figure it out. Just give him the stuff and pay him to do it. Okay. Like that's there's a lane there too to be a local, I guess you say tinkerer to to fix things up and make them look nice and be creative, man. That's it's awesome. And if you don't know the answers, you go to the community and you ask. <laughs> You don't have to, and that's the best thing about being entrepreneur. Can you do it? Of course I can. You don't know how to do it. You go figure it out real quick. You know, that's that's the beauty of it. Can you do it? Yes. Go figure it out. I, I love this community because you guys have been, everyone's so helpful here, and just everybody wants to see everybody win and succeed. There's not a mindset of scarcity. It's a mindset of, you know, surplus. And I think if we all keep working together, we'll all grow. You know, it's awesome. Absolutely. It's like um, miracles we can do. The impossible just takes a little longer. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think uh, bef before I uh, I kind of joined the Laser Everything family, I was um, I was kind of prepping to start my own business, right? So um, I started with the CO two, and the reason why I did that, I saw kind of a demand in my area for uh, a couple of things. First off, was was custom drink. Uh, tumblers and, and stuff like that. And there was nobody really in my area doing that. And number two was um, educational uh, assistance, right? So like, um, kind of like uh, 3D puzzles and like engagement tools mm. for education. Um, so that's the reason why I got my 24 by 40 machine behind me, um, because I wanted to do bulk cutouts for stuff like that. Um, now I, I never got that far because as soon as I got started, <laughs> I joined the family here, but, um, and you know what, that's okay because me not doing it and being able to help thousands of people do that, I think that's a, a pretty good trade off anyway. So I'm okay with that. But, um, in terms of the reason why I was, I was looking at working from home and doing that as, you know, at least for me, health problems. Uh, a daily commute was quite literally killing me um, in more ways than one. Um, and uh, being able to be home and help my family out and, uh, you know, be a caregiver and do do that kind of stuff. It, uh, it really kind of meant a lot for me to be able to do that and be able to come down here and work in between doing stuff and mm -hmm. um, help the community out from my phone and uh, from a laptop. So um, it afforded me the flexibility to communicate where I needed to be. And, and uh, you know, when I was doing stuff for my laser business, um, affording that flexibility to, uh, to work when I could and not feeling like I had to schedule myself to work when I couldn't. Mm -hmm. when, when you're the boss, you have that ability, right? So. Yeah, and I think if... If, if helping this community fills your cup up, man, that's the healthiest thing you can do. Yes. Um, but I mean, in terms of like when I was doing the laser business thing uh, mm -hmm. just before that, it uh, when you're the boss, right, you get to pick when you're talking to customers, you get to pick your open hours. Or if you have, uh, let's say you, you, you can't really do on-call stuff, right? Cool. E email me or Facebook message me and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. So mm -hmm. there, there's always ways to keep it flexible if that's what you need. Um, you know, for for the period of time I was doing it, that's that's how I did it. But uh, 
Well, we've got some questions in the comment section here about pricing. So I think we should probably dive into that a little bit. How do you guys um, go about pricing for just general labor? It's like someone says, oh, I'm going to bring you this. I have a Yeti. Put my name on it, you know, or put this logo. Like, how do you guys go about pricing those types? There's a lot of questions about that type. So I see you jumped in here already, uh, uh, Chad. So I'll go ahead and let you start here instead of typing away. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, so I... I came from a different industry where we had kind of a, a set rate. And so I kind of knew what my hourly rate was, uh, what I was willing to sacrifice doing that position or that work for to do this. So I wasn't going to take a cut and pay. So I started at $80 an hour. That was just kind of the, the standard. And, you know, you have to kind of work uh, around like each product and are you going to have to help design the logo and all those things. So like, in general, let's say it's $10 for etching one side, uh, you know, but it, it varies. I mean, some logos are larger, some are smaller, um, but I, I try not to go less than $10 per laser etching because um, I know I can do I can do eight to 10 of those in an hour for most most items. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't want to I just don't want to drop below what I could go trade out my hours for somewhere else. Right market value what's your time worth to you you know that's exactly. a big consideration exactly. what about you mindy how do you price things for your local people um generally depends who they are um <laughs> like a, a couple of real estates want yeti mugs so I, like they want their logo engraved on them she brings me the mugs i charge her 20 bucks um little lady down the road wants a dog tag for a dog i thought you know boom, boom, it's just 10 bucks you know like yeah. dog tags like 50 cents um yeah it's based on thing I, I do with the sublimation so i do name badges so i do a lot of them for the club with the magnetic fastening um fortunately they usually want like 10 or 12 names at ones at a time so it's you know one sheet of um paper ink bump print i've got a retail price of 11 bucks a name badge and i give them like 20 percent discount so they're paying like seven dollars so as I said, mine's only a supplement. I'm not, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to go too cheap because then I'll get too much work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't sacrifice on the quality. Quality mm -hmm. to me is the main thing. Um, but sometimes what does amaze me is other people's perceptions. It's like I do something and I think, oh, geez, I, I wouldn't want to sell that. So I'll give it to them, at, you know, a good price. And they come in and look at it and say, oh, that's fantastic. And I sort of stake a tech back charge them what i was going to charge them originally because they're happy <laughs> but yeah it, in sometimes i just don't feel it's right i think i could do better than that so well it's tough to stay within that that uh that payment uh boundary for you too to be like okay i want to do enough to keep myself happy and and, and busy but not screw myself <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, when it comes right down to it you know yeah now there has been. What about you, Kyle? What I, I? What about you? If you were doing your jobs, how do you charge for your time? Um, the way I would charge it is basically. So especially with the CO two, where I started out, um, my mindset on that was, okay, if if I'm running nothing but cuts on that machine on like quarter inch plywood, and a cut is going to take me between twenty and thirty minutes, if it's like a really detailed cutout. Um, I can only load it twice. So depending on how many cutouts are going on that, 
mm-hmm. I, ha- I have to divide that out as that's an hour of my time, even though I'm not sitting here right. doing something on it for an hour. Mm-hmm. I'm prepping other stuff at my computer and watching that the background to make sure my house doesn't burn down. Um, <laughs> important. Don't leave your lasers alone. Um, you know, that that's still an hour of my time because I can't do something else on that laser while it's already doing something right. It, it, lasers don't multitask. So unless you get more than one, but then it's still not multitasking. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my strategy on that was always price out the products based on what you're making, how many you're making per hour and what you would want to make per hour. But you mm-hmm. also have to account for the fact that you're not going to be running that machine 24 seven and you're not going to have 100 percent uptime. You have right. to buffer in some time there. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're only going to run the laser for four hours a day or something, but you want to get an eight hour workday out of it. Can you justify charging that much more per product? So yeah. um, it's kind of one of those things of can the market bear the price for the product you're making? And mm-hmm. can you charge that and not feel bad about yourself doing it? <laughs> Well, don't forget, people, you can charge for the labor of the laser. That's what it's there for. It's, it's working, working for, for you. It's a tool for you. Yeah. You bought it. You own its labor. Um, you got to really consider that just because you're sitting there watching it work. It's your machine. You put the money into it. That's the whole point of this. That's called capitalism, folks. Yeah. Welcome. And if you're running your laser Why? like eight hours a day, it might be time to see if you can add to your workflow a second laser can you run both of those at the same time without making mistakes because if it only takes me two minutes to load on another piece and swap it out i could easily offset the start and end times on those by five Mm -hmm. or ten minutes and i can run them both at the same time you just cut your day in half or you've doubled your your productivity depending on how you want to you know work that math out it so yeah well, I just want to give you guys a quick reminder. Uh, Alex is in the chat. He says, remember, if you're dying to give your answers to these questions, we'll be covering this topic in Thursday's viewer call-in episode. So if you want to come in here on Thursday and give us your points of view, you know, you got to sign the form. We'll send you the forms, and you can jump in here and share your views on uh, different, like how do you, how do you price your, your work, right? Or uh, how do you market? Whatever it is, right? I think it's going to be, we should talk about maybe price guides and stuff. Um, so I think like uh, what Chad was saying, when you go, when you figure out what your alley rate is, and then what Kyle said, just break it down. How long is it going to take me to do this product? And I, how many of these can I run in an hour? Just do the math. If it's 12, 12 divided by 80, that's your price per unit. And I think you should also include scrap and lag time for troubleshooting and, and reworking stuff. So... I think a normal, like I used to do a tool and die, so 10% is considered reasonable scrap. So that yeah. includes the, the price of the wood and includes the price of your time to do 10% error or 10% setup, cleanup, whatever you want to call it. You always want to give yourself a little buffer in your prices to say, okay, I'm going to give myself 10% uh, leeway here to, to cover myself. So if I make a mistake, I'm not uh, undercutting myself uh, pretty much. Um, yeah. You don't want to cost you for all, you know, directly every single time you make a little mistake, you always got to have time for uh, a budget for waste material and stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah. Also, guys, yes, after this uh, live stream here, we're going to be done here in about five, 10 minutes here. We're going to go 
back down and it'll just LMA only. Yeah. Uh, but behind the scenes, right? We put the link up. You can watch it. It's, it's private only in the LMA. Uh, the LMA only fans. Yes, yes. There you go. No, no, no. <laughs> Keep my clothes on tonight, you know. Um, yeah, open host even says 15 to 20% is always a good rule. Yeah. yeah. Depending on what you're working on, right? So if if I was doing nothing but, you know, quarter-inch plywood cutouts for educational instruments or whatever, um, I wouldn't need like a 20% buffer, generally speaking. But like if you're doing something like a, a bunch of Yetis, like by the case or mm -hmm. something a little less forgiving, um, you might want to account for a 20% because it's going to hurt that much more if you if you miss or screw up on one or two in a row <laughs> or more. Um, so kind of you're going to have to play with that based on the market you're looking at right well and also like yeah consider your customer so if you're looking at a customer it could become a significant repeat sale like a corporate gig right and they have a very specific logo they want to work a specific way specific way and you you say okay i'm going to charge this plus like 1.2 for 20 percent, and you don't waste it i'm gonna throw in three or four extra because i actually didn't have any scrap here's here's a couple extra you know, you can always do those things to, it won't cost you anything. And it's a great gesture to say, hey, mm -hmm. I I did better. Than, I, I ran more efficient than I thought. Here's a couple extra on me. And yeah. I hope that you guys come back again. Those types of things you can budget for, but use that as leverage to, to establish a good working relationship with your customers to say, here's a few extra. Or you can use those for prototypes for the next one for free and not budget it in there to help, help yourself. Um, have some leeway if you're adding things to what you're working on in terms of your portfolio right mm -hmm. you can add free samples on from something else you're doing mm -hmm. to see if you can expand your product line to them right so there's options well alex said here on orders over 200 pieces i always told customers to expect two percent loss okay i'm not uh, i guess that'd be a that's an industry term i'm not familiar with, with, with what i've done but you know, I guess it's just part of the, the cost of business. <laughs> yep. um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to hearing what else got to say on Thursdays, man. This is going to be a, a fun topic to talk about this type of things where it's always a learning experiment, you know, experience. I mean, um, but is there any, anything else you guys want to talk about, about your business or experience with starting a business or any advice for newcomers that are coming into this business? Yeah, and the advice I can give is watch all the laser everything videos before you make your decisions on what you're going to buy. <laughs> Damn right. I think for me, uh, if I was going to give advice on it, if you're just getting into this business and you don't have a deep, broad, like I owned a, I owned a retail business prior to doing this. And so I had a lot of customer base to pull from. Uh, and, and I just carried my cup around at work. And those, and those people became customers ultimately. So if you don't have that and you're not really keen on going and knocking on doors of car dealerships or real estate agents, um, make sure that whatever your product is that you're going to be making, that you always have it on you. And that when somebody says, well, what do you do? You're pulling that item out and you're showing them what you do. And that, you know, mm -hmm. that will create word of mouth. It's like low cost. Second thing is, start social media early 
and get as much content out there as possible because that, I mean, one of my largest customers uh, is a result of one of my one of my followers that was watching my videos and was doing some of the same things I was doing. He had a cousin who was actually in the marble business, but a lot of the people that do granite and marble countertops are Yeti dealers because of a relationship they had with the owners of Yeti. I think they were in that same industry. Hmm. So that, you know, it, you just don't know where your business will come from as long as you're making yourself available, whether that's social media, whether that's carrying your cup around with you at the football game that your kid's playing at, wherever you are, always be marketing. Always be marketing. Absolutely. And you guys, like, I'm, I have a question for everybody here um, or anybody in the comment section. Um, where's the best place to go for shirts? Mm. Like, I'm looking at um, making my own shirts or our logos. And I know there's a ton of drop shipping companies, but, you know, it's, it's a crapshoot on the quality. Um, anybody got like self for like promoting your businesses? Uh, do you guys have any um, trusted places um, you guys? Know? I I can't help you because I'm in Australia, but um, because of the heat transfer vinyl, I've got accounts with um, a few different shirt manufacturers. Um, one of the big popular brands over here is a, 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 with the younger generation is AS Color. Um, they do a cotton t-shirt range, and in the surf shops, they're pretty expensive. Like just for a plain shirt, they'll be charging 38 bucks just for a plain Ooh. AS color t-shirt because it's AS color and kids will buy that. Um, but um, I got an account with them, a cash up front account, but I get them at quite a reduced cost and then I can apply heat transfer. Like this this one here is a friend of mine's design. So that's just heat transfer vinyl, wash and wear on the, on the shirt, it's pretty good. Um, and um, he sells them on social media. He's now got his own vinyl cutter, so I'm out of the loop. I just supply him the the um, vinyl, and um, he uses my account to buy the shirts, which keeps my turnover with the company looking good. Um, yeah, so any company that actually manufactures, if you find one, it's just a matter of finding who they are. I can't buy the shirts just to resell. They, they wanted photos to see what I did. I had to show them my workshop with the vinyl cutter and the computer. So they knew that I was customizing the shirts. Otherwise, they wouldn't have sold to me. Right, right, right. right. Um, but, yeah, like it's just a matter of tracking down the labels and then find the name of the company that actually puts them out. Like we've got one company here. Uh, their shirts are called Winning Spirit. I couldn't find who sold them because the company that it is is shiny. <laughs> so I only found that out by going into someone else that sold their shirts and they told me, oh, yeah, we get them through shiny and that's the manufacturer. So personally, I like next level. Those, those shirt, that shirt brand, they yeah. seem to fit, fit better. You look, you look thinner when you wear. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, different manufacturers. That's the way it is. Mm-hmm. Like I like tactical, what's it called? Five Eleven tactical, five yeah, five eleven. I like their hats and stuff. They I've done some supplies with them on hats, but I don't know. I just I'm just trying to figure out like I want to market on a shirt like you said, Chad. Always be marketing. Yep. So I want to have like a fistful of shirts and different colors, different types, and have those just made up. And I think it's a good way to market. Like you said, carry around your cup. I have a little. Um, I work at a winery on the weekends. 
So I, I bought a wine, a wine tumbler and I put the winery's logo on it that I'm working at. Yep. And I put my water in there because everybody else drinks out of just everybody else is like this drinking out of water. I pour all my stuff in my cup and I sit it facing the customers. And the owner comes in, no matter where he sits, I turn it and face it towards him. Just it's always there. Those little tricks of the trade, I guess you say, just try and just put it out there. All they can do is say no, you know, and, and just it's there like, oh, who, who, where'd you buy that from? I made it. That's all I need to know. And that's, that's like you said, Chad, it's just a way of, uh, I guess yeah. it's like, it's like trolling for fish and now you just keep paddling. Something's going to bite on that sucker as you keep moving, you know? Um, I used to, I used to call those uh, like that kind of cup where you're putting your company's logo on it on one side. I, I would put like that mm-hmm. on one side and then my logo on the other side and mm-hmm. I would call it a mullet cup. That's business up front and party in the back. Party in the back. <laughs> I don't have that option, okay? Jesus. Um, yeah. yeah. Both, bud. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome from across the pond with Andy, of course, in the other hemisphere. Um, thanks for joining us. And I, I, I love to come to Australia someday and say, hey, just give me a reason to come over there. It'd be great. Um, hey, don't come yeah. the cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll come there in the winter because it's your summer. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, and Chad, of course, thanks for your time, brother. And I hope we do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you guys for coming on. And Kyle, thanks for grinding after your mad science uh, ex, uh, little expose there with uh, Alex. Yeah, I know you burned the candle. At, I know you burned the candle at both ends for that bad boy. So, um, but yeah. So we're gonna take this live stream down. We're gonna jump into the LMA. It's already posted. Alex said in the LMA. Uh, so we'll jump in there, and then we'll come back and we'll do a little behind the scenes. We'll shoot the shit a little bit. Sounds All right, good. guys. Thanks well, for joining good. us. If you're you're an LMA member and you want to do this with us next week, reach out to us, send us a DM. We'll be putting another post out there to say who wants to come out here and talk about their business and the who, what, when, where, and why type of thing. And we'll we'll try it again. We're going to try and make this regular uh, thing to highlight LMA members that have been helping us. Like, I wouldn't be here. Kyle wouldn't be here. And Alex will still be making stuff for people, you know, instead of doing this, uh, making this content. Um, so we just want to say thank you guys for supporting the channel. And of course, Laser Source Podcast, the place to be for all your uh, laser engraving needs. Uh, so see you guys next week. Uh, thanks a lot. Later. <laughs> <laughs>